Hey everyone, this is Brian, and I want to thank you for checking out the podcast and remind you that at the beginning of 2023, the name of our podcast is changing to Church Advance with Brian Sams. If you're already following or subscribed to the podcast, there's nothing you have to do because everything is going to be pushed to this same podcast feed. You're just simply going to notice that the name and the podcast artwork is going to display the new name effective January 1st of 2023. If you've not yet, be sure to follow and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Of course, if you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. Thanks again for being a part of our podcast audience. And now, on to this week's episode. You're listening to an ongoing discussion on life, leadership, and ministry. This is the Brian Sams Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Brian Sams Podcast. This is your host, Brian Sams. Today, we're wrapping up 2022 with our annual Best Books of 2022 episode. And I am joined by... My former co-host of the Brian Sands Podcast, Aaron Chan. Aaron, welcome back, man. Man, I cannot stay away. I, I just gotta, I just gotta be here, man. Yes. <laughs> Look, you missed a couple of episodes, and you—he he was clawing at my office door, right? <laughs> <laughs> saying, "Brian, I just can't stay away." So I said, "You know what?" And really, Aaron, I think, what, regardless of where life takes us, we're gonna reassemble. At least once a year for this episode. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. So uh, I do this every year, and this year we're going to do things a little bit different to make it easier on everybody. We are going to do a random drawing from our email list. So right now, if you're not a part of the Brian Sams podcast email list, if you will go on to briansams.com and you will join our mailing list there, you will be automatically entered into a random drawing for my book of the year, which we will get to in just a minute. So I read a lot. I read probably 20 to 40 books a year. Each year, I try to narrow down my 10 faves and uh, then share them with you guys in the case that you want to order them. Of course, all of these books will have a link to Amazon for you to be able to purchase them if you would like. And then one lucky winner will get the book of the year, which will be revealed in just a few minutes. So, Aaron, just before we get into mine, man, you read any good books this year? Yes, I did. Um, I've got three recommendations, actually, that were kind of out of the normal. I'm a seminary student, so these are, you know, mandatory reading. Did you say cemetery? You Sem- said, oh, cemetery. Okay. Yeah. Hey, hey. So, yes, sir. Um, let, <laughs> let, me, let, me read, let me bring these up right now. The first one is called, uh, this is in no particular order, the first one I, I read that was actually pr- uh, pretty good. Uh, was called Holy Sexuality and the Gospel by Christopher Yuan. Um, he's a, uh, he, I, th- I believe he got saved at age 20 or 21, uh, came out of the closet when he was a teenager and got saved and um, still struggles with homosexual uh, you know, temptations and things like that. Tra- I believe he travels with his mom now around giving talks and talking through his struggle now from a biblical perspective. Um, but this book, Holy Sexuality in the Gospel is all about how do you actually talk to people, whether in your community or family or friends, about 
this subject. And I think this is a very important subject, especially uh, especially with, as the time of the re this recording, uh, President Biden just signed into law the Respect for Marriage Act. So now, mm -hmm. it, I mean, this is just going to get worse and worse. Um, so right. this book was fantastic in, in helping you to know how to do that. Um, the Let's see. There was another book. If you're interested in learning more about the Southern Baptist Convention, um, a classic on the subject and the conservative resurgence is called The Baptist Reformation by Jerry Sutton. Um, mm. It's a, it's. It, Frankly, it's a history book, but if you don't know anything about what the convention has gone through in the last 40 years and you still think that the convention owns all the Southern Baptist churches and they have say in what your church does, okay, this is the book for you. Okay, and I want to chime in here. I read this book on my journey, and I'm going to give a second to that motion. You must read this book. Um, and Aaron, here's the deal. I talked to a guy recently, and he was challenging me about my affiliation with the Southern Baptist Convention. And after listening to him talk, I just stopped and said, man, look, respectfully, you just don't know what you're talking about. And I, I, why don't you let me buy you a book or two so that we can be conversant? Because this is it's crazy, man. Yeah. The kind of stuff people think or believe, especially most of the old school IFB guys. When they are anti-SBC, they're going back to something that was going on in the 40s or 50s. Mm -hmm. And true to their typical nature, they're fighting 70- or 80-year-old battles. Right. <laughs> and we need to we need to at least refresh the screen. Mm -hmm. So I like that book. That's a, yeah, it's a fantastic book. Um, and then the final recommendation was really uh, if you got a layperson or if you're a pastor out there that just would like to beef up your knowledge about how to – interpret scripture or treat different genres. Uh, 40 Questions About Interpreting the Bible by Robert Plummer. It was fantastic. Very simple. Each chapter is like seven or eight pages, but it deals with things like, how do I how do I interpret the book of like Hosea at versus um, something in the New Testament? Do I treat Old Testament scriptures the same way I treat New Testament? If I'm not as confident preaching from the Old Testament, um, this book it was fantastic and helped me understand, oh, this is the difference between historical narrative and poetry and um, chronicles and things like that. So uh, that was very helpful. 40 Questions About Interpreting the Bible by Robert Plummer. Got it. Got it. That's awesome. It sounds like a fairly easy read. Yes. Are there pictures? They're, no, they're, unfortunately, no. But uh, okay. I can confidently recommend this to somebody in your church that's just curious. Like, yeah. I just want to learn more about Me, Bible I'm more study. on Dr. Seuss level. Dr. Seuss. <laughs> yeah. All the yeah. places you'll go, right? Yeah, Green <laughs> Eggs and Ham. I just bought that for one of my kids for Christmas. So. Oh, that's great. Okay, man. Well, let's uh, let's jump into my list here again. Read several books this year, and uh, there's some unique things on this list this year that a little out of the box. But Chan, let's work through my top ten books of 2022. Sure. Uh, coming in in no particular order, number ten, The TechWise Family by Andy Crouch. Yeah. So so The TechWise Family is just about navigating the issues related to technology as a parent. I mean, you know. I've noticed that it's easy to default with a screen, mm -hmm. uh, whether it's giving your kids a tablet or you're, you're navigating the issues of are your kids going to have cell phones? Yeah. Um, I mean, my 15-year-old has a cell phone, and um, how do I allow that? What? How do I manage that? What Screen times, how much, all that. I just think if you've never really had a deep dive thinking about technology in your family, it's probably a good book to pick up because – We've been intentional with our kids. I mean, we, we don't, uh, it's just not a free-for-all. Mm -hmm. uh, my daughter hates it. She's 15. She thinks it should <laughs> just be a free-for-all, but it's not. Yeah. I mean, she, her phone is locked down 24-7, and I manually allow certain things to happen, like 
there's only certain people you can text at certain times. And if I'm going to let you text all your friends, it's going to be a window I open up during a specific window. So there's a software or tool that you use to, to do that with? Yeah, it's I use the Apple screen time feature. Oh, I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm, you know, all of our stuff's Apple. We joke about Apple yeah. products, but I mean, I have a phone, watch, iPad, uh, all of it. And so it's just, it is a very functional feature. I don't know how all the Android projects, products work. I'm sure there's something very similar. Um, with my little kids, they have the um, um, Amazon Fire Kid tablets, okay. which are already pre-screened for content. Yeah. And you know, like, like my five-year-old, it's set up for five-year-old. Now, again, it doesn't mean that everything that they say is good for five-year-olds is okay, but I mean, I'm pretty confident that they have to ask me to download certain things. Right. And, and then I can even set up, you can only do an hour of video time. Now the way we don't have to really do it with the little kids cause they only get, they don't have unlimited access mm-hmm. to their iPads. That's what they call them. I give them to them say, you've got an hour ago. Uh, but as far as real content curbing, I do that a lot through the Apple products. And I, and, and honestly, it's a good thing. I can say you can only talk to certain contacts, yeah. like literally set up. You can talk to mom, you can talk to dad, you can talk to brother. And then if I want to change that, I can say you can you can talk to anybody who I've approved to you to have a contact. My daughter can't manually add contacts to her phone. She has to ask me. Mm-hmm. And that way, when I say you can talk to all your contacts, I'm confident that I've already approved all the contacts. That's great. So, you know, I mean, she doesn't have, I, I don't, FaceTime is off of her phone. Internet is off of her phone. Mm-hmm. She, she only can do that if I say, if she comes to me and says, I want to, I need, I have a homework research project. Uh, I'll say, okay, you have to sit here at the table and I can approve Internet Explorer for 30 minutes. But you have to be facing me. I mean, like the screen has to be facing me, all that kind of stuff. So my kids never go into their room with Internet on their phone, never unlimited talk, never talking after, you know, Mm -hmm. it's shut down from 9 o'clock to whatever. So, yeah, and I think that it, you might not be as extreme as me, but I think you should consider being as extreme as me. Oh, yeah. I mean, how, do you want your kids hooked on porn? No. Um, when they're, you know, seven, eight, mm-hmm. um, just because it's easier to parent that way. Uh, and it's not easier to parent. Right. It, it's just easier to fail, mm-hmm. you know, doing stuff like that. Anyways, I diverge here, but it's a great book. <laughs> it's, ama- it's amazing. My daughter's only three months old, and already she has become more aware of screens and stuff. Um, uh, and, like, to get her to look at me now – I have to face the phone away because she's like drawn to it. You know? Oh, absolutely! And it's it's amazing you, just how early they learn. Uh, and the next book you've got here is Wild Things by Stephen James. Wild Thing, man, that's a good one. Actually, it's a parenting book, um, and Wild Things is specifically about boys and the developmental stages of boys and how hmm. each stage, you know, they're the wanderer, they're the explorer, they're the this, you know. So each age bracket has. Uh, some ident- And I found it to be incredibly accurate. I've taken one of my men through this who has four boys. I've got three boys. Um, another man in my church has four boys with one on the way, and they're not sure if it's a boy or a girl. Mm-hmm. But we worked through this book after I read it, and um, super helpful. Uh, you know, guys, we just have to be, you know, uh, there are certain things with parenting that 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 is child-specific in and I got three boys, and I want I want to let them be boys, and I want to also let them love Jesus and all that. So I, I, Wild Things was a helpful parenting book. Okay, sounds good. Um, next one you got here is Once We Were Strangers by Sean Smucker. Okay, so so I'm going to uh, uh, open up my uh, weird side here for a minute. So 
uh, on my sabbatical, which I've talked about on the podcast, I, um, I read, when I go on a break, I read out of the box. Like when I go on an actual break, even a vacation, I don't stack, uh, you know, take a stack of books with me about pastoral ministry or personal development. I read for either soul nourishment or mental nourishment. Mm -hmm. For me, mental nourishment is completely reading out of the genre of Christian, of... So I read some nonfiction, like novel-based type stuff. Mm -hmm. This particular book is actually based on a true story. Once We Were Strangers is the story of Sean Smucker, who is a who's a novel writer, and how he became friends with an with a with a Middle Eastern refugee in his hometown. And it is incredible. Just uh, gives you insight into what refugees have to deal with, how they think, how they're treated, and how we can make connections with them and actually become friends with them. And so once we were strangers referring to, we would have never known each other had you not been dropped off from the Middle East here in rural Pennsylvania. And cool story, just just kind of an engaging story there. Sean Smucker's a good writer. He's a Christian, and he wrote uh, multiple, he's written multiple novels. In fact, it's not on my top 10 list, but I also read another novel by him, um, the Weight of Memory, which was an intriguing novel. I read that also. So Sean Smucker just generally is a good writer, but Once We Were Strangers really hit the list because it just opened up my eyes to something I was really not aware of. I mean, honestly, I can't. I don't know any refugees. Mm-hmm. I've, we've worked with the soccer league a little bit, but as far as actual inter- encountering, but it made me want to. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a good book. That Once sounds, we were like a, sounds like a good place to get some sermon illustrations. Yeah, too. for sure. Oh, definitely. Um Winning the War in Your Mind by Craig Groeschel. Yeah, anything he writes is probably pretty good, mm-hmm. mainly because Craig Groeschel is a, is a great communicator. He's kind of known for that. His podcast is good. His sermons are typically good. Um, his leadership talks are good. Uh, so, And I think his method is putting a lot of his content into print, so it communicates well. Winning the War in Your Mind is... Is, is basic habit-forming stuff related to how you think. How you think changes how you live, and we know that. Mm-hmm. I've read thinking books before, heard sermons on it before, but Craig Groeschel dials it in real good. Angie and I read that one together this year, and, uh, you know, honestly, man, half the battles you face are in your mind, changing the way that you think about yourself, about temptation, about the Christian life, and all those sort of things. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Craig Rochelle nailed it, uh, as he always does, and uh, Winning the War of Your Mind. It's a book that I've, in fact, just yesterday, I gave this book to a pastor and his wife um, who were here to get some help and counsel, and and uh, I, so I'm highly recommending that one this year. Sounds great. Next up, Diary of a Pastor's Soul by M. Craig Barnes. Yeah, that that was, that was man, I struggled with whether, whether that was going to be my favorite book of the year. Um, this book... Uh, is a it's written as as it's true because some of these things actually happen but the pastor changed names and you know kind of kind of switched yeah, it yeah, around yeah. Yeah. Uh, but here's the here's the setting of the book the book is told as the last year of a pastor's ministry before he retires so he announces his retirement effective one year from the announcement date. Hmm. Then the book, The Diary of a Pastor's Soul, is one journal entry per week through that year about something related to ministry and experiences that he went through. You know, things like somebody that he loved died. Um, He had a problem with a member. Uh, And and it's all these little vignettes Mm -hmm. 
that you as a pastor absolutely are going to deal with. And then one of them, my favorite chapter, and I don't want to like sell it too much, but he, he, he talks about this guy who was faithful to church, then his son uh, got a terminal illness, slowly faded away and died. And then this man, his soul started slowly fading away and dying, hmm. ultimately where he slipped away from church and God. And, and he summarized that particular chapter by saying, sometimes as a pastor, you will be the recipient of other people's fury with God, and you have to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. That's your ministry to them, absorbing that wrath. And I, boy, I'm telling you right now, I have seen that mm-hmm. 50 times at least in church. And, and that chapter alone would be worth the price of the admission. That was a cool, cool, cool book. That sounds like a great one. This coming February, join Pastor Brian Sams, H.B. Charles Jr., Carrie Schmidt, and Kurt Skelly in beautiful Jacksonville, Florida for three days of powerful worship, warm fellowship, and practical workshops. You can register now at briansams.com and podcast listeners will enjoy an exclusive discount when you use the code podcast at checkout. We look forward to seeing you February 8th through the 10th for Church Advance Conference 2023. Remember to use the code podcast to claim your discount and register today at briansams.com. That's briansams.com. Next up, you got The Flourishing Pastor by Tom Nelson. Yeah, I just picked this one. This was kind of a later read. It was a fall read for me. And uh, I just happened to see it scrolling on Scribd, which let me just pause here and say, I usually find a few reading hacks during the year. Mine this year was... Uh, becoming a subscriber to Scribd. Scribd is like Netflix for books. And so you subscribe, pay a monthly fee, and then you can access any books in their library. And I found it to be basically uh, without flaw as far as um, pretty much if I needed a book, it's been on there. Now, obviously, you don't own the book. So any highlights or notes that you make in the book, if you you know quit subscribing, you know obviously they're going to go away. Mm-hmm. But man, I have found, I mean, I found commentaries on here. Uh, I did a deep dive study on small groups because we're getting ready to make a change next year in the church. And uh, I mean, I've got three major books. I'm just, I'm looking at kind of right now while we're talking, three major books on uh, on that. The Flourishing Pastor is, is um, you know, just kind of what it sounds like when you, when you, when you hear it. it's about the soul of the pastor being uh, what it needs to be in order for uh, him to do well in ministry. Um and I'm just, I mean, I'm trying to flip through here because there's a couple of, um, you know, here, here's just a quote. Are we masking our own spiritual impoverishment under a thin veneer of nice and pleasant sounding professionalism? Are we deceiving ourselves as well as others that our inner worlds as well as our lives are really together? Are we simply faking it? Just that, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff, you know, kind of hits home and makes you diagnose. And so it's a soul book, man, that one, right? Let me, let me, uh, let me read one more quote. Um, uh, biblically, the wilderness is a place of dependent, discipline, purifying solitude where God must be trusted. Deserts bring people quickly to the end of their self-sufficiency and independence. So, I mean, it just, it's all of that. And, and I think, you know, he just rolls on with really good stuff, diagnosing your soul and, and how ministry can bring the best or worst out of you. That's good. All right. Uh, we're getting down to, well, close to the to the upper upper tiers here turnaround by jason allen yeah i just was talking to a guy the other day who last year at church advance conference we gave away a book called um 
a leading major change in your church by Jeff Yorch, who was the, who is the president of Gateway Seminary in California. Mm-hmm. Jason Allen's president of Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, and probably one of the greatest seminary turnarounds. Now, 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 Yorch's book is about relocating an entire seminary. Allen's book is about the turnaround of the seminary itself. I mean, Midwestern is now, I think, in the top three in the world. Seminary, as far as, as far as student population, there's there's Liberty, there's um, uh, of course Southern, Southern, yeah. But fun. I mean, Midwestern's Midwestern's up there, and it wasn't up there. It was one of the worst seminaries in the yeah. SBC, and it's a I mean, it's a fantastic place now. I mean, I've used some of their Bible studies. I've considered whether I would actually get a PhD from there. He's just doing a doing a really 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 good job. So so turnaround is the ten principles about how he shifted the culture at Midwest uh, Midwestern Seminary and uh, a really good book. I really like Jason Allen. He's a good communicator, good teacher. And uh, we, we did a men's study here uh, one time where he was, it was a video curriculum and he mm-hmm. led and he's just really good. So I'd highly recommend his stuff too. Yeah, so, he's good. Yeah. Uh, all right, top three, here we go. Number three, Faithful Endurance by Colin Hansen. Oh yeah, so Faithful Endurance is uh, about pastoral endurance. Uh, man, you know, I don't know if there's any drum that needs to be beat more than that. Here's the bottom line, man. If you're going to make it, you're going to just have to, there's going to be some times where you are going to have to grind it out. That's what the book of Second Timothy is all about, man. Mm-hmm. Second Timothy is about continue in the worst of circumstances, in the, in the most challenging of personal things, uh, hostility in our culture. You just mentioned these marriage acts. Well, guys, it's, it's not going to be easier to be a pastor. Yeah in America or anywhere for that matter. Uh, and I think sometimes we've glamorized, we've glamorized ministry and that's why we have such a fallout. Mm-hmm. Uh, faithful endurance is about, you know what, you're going to have to grind it out and you're going to have to, your soul's going to have to be cared for so that you can face challenges, enormous challenges and still put one foot right in front of the other and keep going. At the end of the day, sometimes it's just about making it mm-hmm. to the next day and being okay with that. And if you're thinking that it's always going to be easy, there's always going to be accolades and it's always going to be fun and it's all about the pulpit, you're going to you're going to flounder, man. So you got to get some grit in you. And I think I think pastoral endurance or pastoral grit is is maybe one of the most needed subjects in this day and 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 that book will help you let end. That's great. Well, I was just they just reminded me when we were going through the church planters assessment, um, the first module that they or the first interview, I guess, they had us do was the calling, which I, I think you're probably familiar with when you attended with um, mm-hmm. our Spanish pastor. But they said, one, one of the distinct things that they said to us was, it's going to be hard, and you better get your calling secure, because some days that will be the only thing that's keeping you where you are. Absolutely. And that's the only thing you have to hold on to. So that's a tremendous, valuable subject. Um, number two is Sugar Birds by Cheryl Bostrom. Okay, so Sugar Birds is going back to the novels. This is something I read on my sabbatical. Sugar Birds, the only reason I didn't make it number one is because I, I, the other book that I'm going to mention in just a minute really rocked my world. This one was just super entertaining, super good. It was a page turner. So Sugar Birds refers to, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a um, what's it called? A metaphor. A sugar bird is a bird that's always looking for um, a particular seed that satisfies. Okay. Okay. So the analogy to the hum- to humans is sometimes we're always looking for something that's perfect, something that's best or better. So here's here's the setting. Okay, the book starts with a young girl who 
accidentally set her house on fire. She's young and she's frightened and she then goes and hides in the woods. Like literally lives in the woods. Like climb, She was a tree climber. She's like living in trees and there's all kinds of crazy things that happens to her. But she survives for weeks on her own out in the woods. Okay. <laughs> then enter person number two. This is a young lady whose dad has just taken a job and has sent her to grandma's house for the for a lengthy period of time and she is ticked. It just so happens that these two worlds are going to ultimately collide. Hmm. So one chapter is about this girl, the next chapter is about and there's this build toward them meeting. And I mean, I don't know. It, it's it's hard to describe uh what it is, but both have unique desperate problems in their heart. Mm-hmm. She's dealing with this. She's dealing with the imperfect family. And they're going to come together and ultimately learn the lessons that they need to learn in life. And man, it is, it's high octane, page turner, highly recommend it. And uh, I'm not normally like this, but I've just found myself enjoying books like this a lot more as the older I'm getting, especially when I need, you know, sit by a beach or something, just yeah. read. So, and then we got Numero Uno, Number Jan. one. Number one. This is the book. This is the one that if you guys sign up, at BrianSams.com to enter our mailing list to stay in touch with us. You're going to automatically be uh, drawn uh, on the 1st of January. I think what we're going to do. And you will have this book sent to you on my dime because you will want to read this book. And it is called Raising Grateful Kids in an Entitled World by Kristen Welch. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Just fast. Look, if you don't want your life changed, please ignore this book. Um... Uh, it it was a earth shattering kind of book, like changed us. Um, and it's a, obviously it's parenting, but it's more than parenting. It's about it's about your view of stuff. It's about materialism. It's about entitlement. It's about working hard. It's about sharing. It's about ministry. So based, based in so many words, Kristen Welch began some uh, mission-type work over in Africa. On one of her early trips to Africa, she met a a boy, a teenage boy, who uh, his parents died, and he was basically raising his younger siblings. So this is out third world, you Mm -hmm. know. And the guy had the joy of the Lord, this kid. And she basically sits down and um, says, man, I can't remember the kid's name, but man, you have this joy unspeakable and you have not you know your life is so tough you know how and the kid looked at her and said i have jesus and he is enough Hmm. Mm -hmm. and then she said that she was just shattered and her response was not verbally but in her mind was i also have jesus but he isn't enough yeah and you know typical suburbia family Mm -hmm. like mine $5 Starbucks drinks, Mm -hmm. Uh, you need this, sure, you need this, order this. Oh, you want a skateboard? Cool, let's order on Amazon. Mm -hmm. Just this mindset, raising brats, okay? (laughs) And the journey that it took them on of serving, of working, of not just giving them things, but changed our life. I mean, one 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 big takeaway is we went to a commission format in our family. So Mm -hmm. my kids have jobs. Uh, at home, Adriano's are predominantly childcare. Brent's predominantly at this point is trash and weeding the flower beds. Mm-hmm. And they have 
uh, every Saturday I deposit money into their accounts. They have accounts. Mm -hmm. And um, our deal with them is as parents, we give you everything that you need, food, clothing, and shelter. You will then pay for anything that you want. So you want a Starbucks drink? Awesome. Go buy it. Yeah. Um, so I'll go to Starbucks and I will buy a drink for me and Angie. And if Adriana wants one, she will buy one. Now every once in a while, I will still do something yeah. for them. But Adriana, you got all the clothes you need, but you want a new pair of jeans? Okay, do you need the pair of jeans? Do you have jeans that fit and work? Yes, sir. Okay, go buy. You can go buy whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Brent um, wanted a pair, believe it or not, Brent got in his mind, he wanted a pair of Oakley sunglasses. <laughs> well, I mean, hello. I have free pair of Oakley sunglasses. Mm-hmm. Um, but guess what? I bought them, mm-hmm. and I earned the money to buy them. And so there's that. So Brent, you want sunglasses? Great, save your money up for four weeks, five weeks, six weeks, yeah. whatever it was. And he went and bought a pair of Patrick Mahomes edition <laughs> Oakley sunglasses, okay? He bought his own basketball goal mm-hmm. for our house. And it's not just money. Money is a big piece of it because kids need to learn value and work and they need to associate these realities. But it's also about serving and giving and sacrificing and and so that so that we don't create kids that, that don't understand. I mean, I've sat down with my daughter and ran the gauntlet of what is it going to look like for you to graduate college and live on your own. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we came to the conclusion that if she's single, which, I mean, who knows, but if she was single, she would need somewhere between forty-five dollars and $50,000 to, you know, yeah. to, to kind of live. Um, and I said, now, that's if you want to maintain somewhat of a similar lifestyle that you have grown up with. Mm-hmm. Do you know how much an apartment is going to cost? Do you know how much utilities are going to cost? Do you know how much your cell phone costs? Do you know how much car insurance costs. I mean, I'm just, you're running down this right. with her. Yeah. Well, the average teenager gets the keys to a Jeep mm-hmm. and they become worthless. Uh, just like all those Hollywood kids or um, hedge fund kids or, you know, uh, what do they call them? Uh, what's the other kids? Uh, um, born with a silver spoon in their mouth. Yeah, there you go. The trust fund. That's what, trust yeah, fund yeah, babies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the word I was looking for. They're worthless for the most part. Mm-hmm. And I'm not ashamed to say worthless. You think that you need a thousand dollars deposited into your account every month from a parent. Well, you're a loser and you're going to continue to be a loser. And I don't want my kids to be losers. So some people think we're harsh and whatever, but that's fine. That's fine. I am, I'm not going to let my kids grow up. And yes, I have money and I'm, I have comfortable lifestyle. Um, for, and, and, but that doesn't mean that my kids are going to be spoiled. I mean, it goes down to things like Christmas presents. We're not buying them $10,000 worth of Christmas presents. Mm-hmm. Something you want, something you need, something, uh, that, uh, something you want, something you need, something to wear, something to read. That's it. Mm-hmm. And then if my parents want to do more, fine. But it just goes, it goes, it goes hand in glove with pretty much all of life. Yeah. I want somebody to read that book. And so I'm going to give it to somebody who uh, gets drawn randomly from our mailing list. But man... Here's to 2023, Chan, of more reading. Amen. Reading well, reading lots, and uh, growing and seeing our lives change. So I hope that blesses you, and we look forward to seeing you next time on Brian Sam's Podcast. 
Thanks for joining us for this episode and please take a moment to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And remember, at the beginning of next year, the name of this podcast is officially changing to Church Advance with Brian Sams. If you're already following or subscribed to the podcast, there's nothing you have to do because everything is going to be pushed to this same podcast feed. You're just going to notice the name and podcast artwork are going to display the new name as of the 1st of January. Hey, if you enjoy this content, then please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. You can also connect with us online at briansams.com. The Brian Sams podcast is hosted by Brian Sams and produced by myself, Luke Clayton, and my team at mustincrease.com. Be sure to see the show notes or video description for more information about resources and content featured in this episode. Thanks again for checking us out, and we look forward to having you join us again next time right here on the Brian Sams podcast. Hey, everybody. <laughs> The end. (laughs) See you next time.